Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, afternoon, whatever it is. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me is nobody. I am all by myself. As Mercury retrograde has struck again, and Steve Patton has been struck by the gods. But no, no fret, because our ace producer is working on it right now, and all will be well, I predict. Anyway, so uh, you heard about my uh, EVP experiment. It, we ran on five, five, at 5.55. Well, it was good in that. Uh, good part was, is we did run it. Uh, you know, we, we asked questions and people had recorders on it. We had a, a good turnout. The bad part was that the video portion of the uh, experiment, or the Facebook Live portion, uh, Failed to connect, but fear not, we will do it again. So, anyways, that was that first one. The first one we expected to be just basically a test of the whole thing. So, uh, there you go. It, uh, I guess we could give it a C. Yeah, C. Anyways, the good thing is we had people get involved in it. Uh, people who have never done EVP before have tried it. So it was good. I mean, it's, you know, we have people all over the world uh, connecting and uh, turning on their little recorders and various devices and waiting for messages from beyond. And there were some interesting results. Uh, nothing to, uh, I guess, uh, write home about, but enough to show that uh, there is a possibility in continuing with this experiment, which I will do. So I believe that our ace producer has made everything well again, and I now have my co-host back. Yes, you do. Yay! You know, the show isn't the same without you, Steve. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, it's much better. It'd be a lot easier if Skype worked. Yeah, anyways, and uh, I believe I can see the other screen, which means our guest is here as well, so... All is well with the world, I, as I, I predicted. I predicted while you were not here, I predicted everything would be fine. And lo and behold, it is. So I will let you introduce our guest, Stephen. Oh, thank you. And it's a great pleasure. It's a, a gentleman I have known for a number of years. He's been on the show before. And I should say I'm a little cross with him because he came sneaking down to Haverford West, where I live, just a few short weeks ago. And uh, I only found out about it when he'd snuck back home again. So, uh, yeah, so uh, international medium and stealthy <clears throat> man of mystery, <laughs> Barry John. Hi, Barry. Thanks. Uh, are you all right? Yeah, all good. Is, this, is that my yeah. telling off done now? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've forgiven you now. 
<laughs> we get so few visitors down here in West Wales. I'm not surprised. It's, it's the dead end of nowhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> don't feel bad, Steve. Don't feel bad, Steve. I, I perused his website, and he lists all the famous people he worked with, like Richard Felix and Karen O'Keefe and Derek, and all these people. And lo and behold, I couldn't find your name anywhere. So That's, that's oh, no. Don't, don't That's because bad. I'm not famous. Exactly. I'll, I'll change it. Steve, you're always famous in my eyes. I'm going to change it. I'm going to put you right at the top of the list now with Ron as well. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's famous. Are you, are, you both, are you both okay? Uh, yeah, all good. You know, better than nothing. That's what my wife tells me. <laughs> so, so, what's with all the gallivanting around? I know, I'm a, I'm a busy guy again, aren't I? I, um, I tend to, you know, I've always been a traveller, though, haven't I? I enjoy the travelling and moving around. And um, the event I did in Haverford West was um, for a friend of mine, actually, that did the West Wales um, sort of my, well-being show, I think it was, not Mind, Body yeah, and Spirit. Yeah, yeah, Rose. Um, and it was a, yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, yeah, Rosie. And, you know, it's great. She invited me a while ago and I said, yeah, well, I'll pop down and, you know, unfortunately, it, it didn't fit in the diary very well because I obviously had an event on the Sunday mm -hmm. night, so I had to get back early. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm just spreading, spreading my seed again, Steve, I am at the moment. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, do you know, honestly, I, I normally pop down to the, uh, to the West Wales Health Show uh, <laughs> because it's local. Um, but this year I was elsewhere otherwise engaged um, and it was only after you'd been that I'd oh. seen, I saw the post. Yeah, um, I'm down again. I'll be down in um, April next year, so they've already booked me for that one. So we'll right. have to. Um, You're obviously popular then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to get together. Yeah, better than that, I might drag you onto my other show, the one that we have yeah. down here, and uh, and uh, promote the promote the thing. Yeah, I don't mind at all. You know, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I look forward to that. But uh, <clears throat> wait till next April, though. I'm sure. I'm hopefully, <laughs> I'll pa hopefully our paths will cross beforehand at some other uh, attraction or event. Well, but I, but, I mean, yeah. are you are you still as busy in the UK? Or because I noticed you've done a lot in the Middle East. I do, I do a lot in the Middle East. Yeah, but I am um, same as always. I, I always try and take a bit of time out because, as you know, I have another business that I run as well. So. It, it tends to be a bit of a balancing act at times, you know, and as much as I try and wind one side down, the other side goes through the roof and, <laughs> you know, and then it goes the opposite way. So I always, I always have a balancing act, but I mean, you know, I love the Middle East. I mean, it's a great place, you know, fantastic for paranormal adventures, let's say, you know, because they've got so many sort of spooky old buildings and, you know, a lot of it in terms of desert and, you know, literally yeah. villages in the middle of the desert that have now been, almost abandoned basically um <clears throat> you know and I, I love the middle east you know i love it for its culture i love the lifestyle i love the the way of living out there you know you know well, actually it, sorry ron in terms i was going to ask in terms of the culture um mm. do you find any dramatic differences between the cultural approach to the paranormal that was my question in the middle east <laughs> You know, I have, to, I have to be honest and say no. I mean, people always ask me the question about it. You know, it's, it, I, I, you know I do mediumship events out there. Uh -huh. I mean, obviously, there's an element of religious that, that you have yeah, to be yeah. careful of. Um, <clears throat> but I've got to say, you know, I'm widely accepted, you know, and even, even local people come to see me and obviously, you know, connections to, to some uh -huh. people further up the ladder as well. So, you know, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's nice. And it's nice that actually, you know, 
they they still look at it, you know. And I suppose I suppose in a way, you know, in terms of their religion, it's it's passed a bit witchcrafty still. Yeah, I, was, I mean, do you I, because they're 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 not just culturally but religiously they're um, they have yeah. a. There are similarities uh, between the, between the religions, but I, I, you know, I it's you you obviously know the culture better than I. I was genuinely surprised to find out that um, that you know when you said that it was so similar, uh, I would have expected the differences to be more radical. Well, I suppose I suppose the difficulty what you've got in the in the Middle East is you know the the Westerner side is is vast. You know, I mean, it probably makes up a good sixty seventy percent of the Middle East now. Um, you know, and it's only when you start going into states of like Oman and start going into Saudi where things are very, you know, very cautious. Let's say that. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, even there, you know, I've, I've been some amazing places in Oman in in my time. You know, and. and you know, old sort of forts and castles, whatever you wish to call them. And, and they all hold some history, don't they? I mean, I always remember years ago, um, <clears throat> I had the pleasure of going to Masada in Israel. Um, you know, Masada, you know, was such an emotional place when you go up there. And for people for people like me, you know, that are in touch with their sensitive side, let's say, you know, you, wherever you go, you feel something or you feel a presence or you just feel an emotion, you know, it, it, it's fast. But yeah. um, I, I think... I think, you know, the Middle East obviously becoming more westernised, so it's therefore becoming more sort of acceptable. Um, and interestingly enough, and I was really surprised about it, you know, when I went over, but people do advertise, you know, doing mediumship readings and, you know, you come to the house and things like that. And I think, mm-hmm. oh, that's probably a little bit sort of cautious, really, you know, if you're not, if you're not careful about it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think, I, I think I'm accepted, you know. I tend to go out there three or four times a year. Um, and uh, I just, I just love it. I love the way, way of life. When you visit the old, the old. Sorry, I'm. It's, I've got a Skype delay. That's why I keep talking over Ron. Actually, I'm not. I'm just talking over him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Skype's a great excuse, isn't it? Is when you visit these old forts and places yeah. with the history. Do you, uh, when you sense something, do you? Uh, are you able to connect as easily as you are when you're dealing with Western spirit? <clears throat> Probably, mm, it's a good, good question. I mean, you're aware of it. You're aware of something happening. I think sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little bit more sort of distance in terms, in terms of the connection. Number one, I don't want to say a language barrier because I believe that spirit will, you know, talk to you in a language that you understand or somehow it comes through to you in a language that you understand. But I think you've got this this religious culture really where you know whoever's trying to connect whichever spirit's trying to connect they'll automatically stand back because it's not the done thing you know and and it was interesting because my my family that i stay with in the middle east um they've got um a sword that was given to them by somebody and it's actually an antique sword and i remember one night you know we were messing around and doing a bit of table tipping in their sort of dining room and lo and behold the table kept going over to this sword and actually tapping on the wall under the sword as though it was like, this is trying to make some connection here, you know, there's something here, what it's trying to tell us. Yeah. Um, and it was fascinating, you know, and even, even the house, I mean, it was, it was built on desert land, as you can imagine. But the things that used to happen in the place in the night, you know, taps and noises and things on demand, you know, when you, when you called out for, the, for taps and noises, um, and it automatically happens. But as I say, it's, it's probably no different to visiting America or visiting Europe, 
you know, you've still got an energy there, what we're trying to connect with and prove that, you know, in some way life's everlasting and whether that be paranormal or mediumship, um, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I think it's oh, I'm going to get... I'm, I'm going to give way to Ron, let him ask something. <laughs> Before he has a hissy fit. You do it fine. But, I mean, I, I'm sure I have nothing to say anyways, you know. Well, n- never normally anything interesting, but you know, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> so, so, Barry, uh, when you connect with spirit there, is there any, uh, in other words, are you accepted by spirit, even though you're a Westerner, for instance, or... I mean, how does that whole how does how does that whole thing work? I mean, even religious on the religious grounds at all. I mean, how is it? How does that work for you? I mean, is there any difference? I I, I think yeah, definitely, Ron. I agree with that because I think there is a there is a difficulty there, especially when you try to communicate with somebody who's religious in a way. You know, because you've got to remember there were very devout religious people. Um, and trying to connect with them sometimes is that little bit of standoffishness to start off with, or a little bit of I don't know. I don't really want to say miscommunication or misunderstanding between the two. So between me and whoever, um, and I think you just have to get to that point where you just think, right, come on, you know, we've got to talk somehow. How do we get over it? But it, it can be difficult. I, I never find a language barrier. I have to be honest, because no matter where I've worked in the world you always find that they'll communicate in your native language. So if, if I struggled, you know, I'd just say, right, don't understand you, you need to talk to me properly, or talk through somebody who can talk to me in my own native language and do it that way. But I've never found a problem, really. But apart from the religious side of it, and, and I think that's no different to here in the UK, where some of the places we visit, if, if they are very devout Catholics or religious people, it can stop the link happening sometimes, and you know they just don't want to communicate. Mm-hmm. And are there spirits that you connect with that haven't been heard for eons or whatever? Mm, definitely, yeah, definitely. Because I remember when I was out there, a friend of mine's son asked me to go with them one night to this this derelict village, you know, basically. And as you can imagine, it was literally old sort of tents and shacks. Um, and I remember we went up one night and we actually camped there overnight. But the things that you could almost hear happening outside, you know, and I don't know, some things, you know, you could put down to imagination, you know, we can put some things down to the wind or the breeze in the desert. But there was certainly something there that wasn't, wasn't comfortable, let me say, you know, things that even, even me, and I'm, I'm not normally afraid of anything really. I know I face people, I'm always scared of the dark. But um, apart from that, you know, it doesn't really fear me. But there's certain places that you go over there that are so, um, how do I say it, bloody in a way, in which, which it was, you know, that was the way they thought it was literally fight till the death, um, that it just makes even me feel uncomfortable. And you think, oh, I don't like what I'm seeing here or I don't like what I'm feeling in this area. Um, you know, and it was very overly protective. And even between states, it was very overly protective. You know, there were huge battles between them all to defend their part of the, you know, the, the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's without going to places like Saudi, you know, and <clears throat> even just with the general culture, excuse me, over there, you know, you've got this, between states, you've still got a very different culture at times. You know, you go to Saudi and it's more strict, it's more abrupt. You go to the UAE and it's a little bit more westernised. Obviously, Oman, you go to Oman and Oman falls back a little bit more. Um, you know, and it's, 
it's interesting because, I mean, when you think really probably, what, 30, 40 years ago in, in the UAE, their lifestyle was totally different. You know, it's a very new country. You know, they were still people living in deserts and in tents and still is to a point. You know, when you're traveling around, you just see suddenly a few tents go up at the side of the road and that's people's homes. It's not a stopgap. Um, you know, and that still happens over there. All right. We have any uh, questions, Steve, you want to take it? Uh, well, I was, I, I was interested. If it's, if it's in with what he was talking about. Uh, where is the question? The oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I can see it now. I've been, the, the Skype seems to be freezing the computer a bit. Um, it's actually it's an interesting question from Carrie. Relating to female spirits. Uh, yes. Do they, because they obviously, uh, their religious culture is one of covering themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, do they show themselves to you in, in, in spirit? I, I'm, I'm presuming that this doesn't mean in a disrobed sense, but actually, yeah. to, uh, you know, uh, it would manifest to you. Yeah, like even seeing the face, I would imagine, would be a... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, it's, a really, it's a really interesting question because it's one I've never thought of when I've been doing readings out there. But even when I'm there, you know, people will basically derobe themselves if they're inside the home. You know, they'll take... Uh, you know, they show the faith in that. Mm-hmm. But when I've read for people, if I've read for local people, I've still been able to describe the spirit. So clearly I'm still seeing the spirit. You know, I'm still knowing oh. what they look like. I'm getting the feeling of him. And, and, you know, looking back, I have to be very honest and say, am I getting the feeling of the spirit or mm-hmm. am I actually seeing the spirit? And you know what? Without going back into the time and thinking about it, that's a really interesting question. And, and you know, as, as you know, when you're out there on a daily basis, everybody's covered up. You know, mm-hmm. um, or, well, all the women are. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a really fascinating question. But for me, I have to say, thinking about it, I'm probably getting more of the the clairsentience of the spirit rather than the clairvoyance of the spirit. You know, I'm not, I'm not probably not seeing it. I'm sensing it. There we go, Carrie. I hope that's answered your yeah, question. Brilliant, que- um, brilliant yeah. question, though. Brilliant question. Do you, while you're out, I mean, obviously you work in the UK and all over Europe, yeah. um, but I'm just, just staying with the Middle East for a minute, because there is a, there is a huge Western cult, uh, history involved with the Middle East, from the Crusades through to World War yeah. II, the Imperial yeah. era. Uh, yeah, the Brits bucked everything up. And, and, and of course, more recently, um, with the oil industry, the oil and mm. gas industry. Um, mm. So... Do you do you encounter many Western spirits whilst uh, in the Middle East? Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, I'd say that probably sixty, seventy percent of my clients out there are Western Westerners. Ah, you know, right. um, so I always get a connection. I mean, I'll do you know mini demonstrations. I'll do mediumship nights at people's houses, whatever private readings. Um, and again, you always get this connection. But remembering also that spirit will travel overseas. So, you know, I might be talking to, I don't know, somebody's daughter in the Middle East, and their mother might have been from America, but never traveled to the Middle East, but she would still make a connection with me while I'm there. Um, You know, so it's true what they say, you know, and we always say this, don't we? You know, spirits travel across water. They go where Uh they need to go. Um, And it's really, this is, you know, this is really fascinating to me because it's something that I haven't, I never tend to think about it. I just go and do the job, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's really interesting that you've picked up on this because it's making me think a little bit now. Yeah. And I'm thinking, do you know what? That's true because 
obviously, if I'm working in, in the UAE and I get a, an American grandmother or mother who's never been a visit, but how then, obviously, clearly, she's managing to cross over to communicate with me in right. some way. Um, and same as, like, the Westerners, like you say. I mean, you know, there's been such a lot of, you know, bloodshed over the years, over there, and hundreds of years, that, you know, there's some mass trauma that's taken places, you know, and that's a bit like the UK in some of the battlefields that we've got, you know, Bosworth uh -huh. and, and, you know, you name it. And, you know, you start going to those sort of locations and you automatically start picking up on, on the negativity that's happened, don't you? And I think that's one of the things probably what I get a lot in the Middle East with the spirits is there's a lot of negative there, you know, they're quite, they're quite sort of abrupt and forceful and, and can be quite nasty at times as well. I mean, you know, I know a lot of the Westerners, if they're living in a... Um, an older property that probably, a, you know, an Arab family have lived in, they get a lot of activity that takes place, and especially right. around children and that, you know. And maybe that's, maybe that's their way of saying, you know, we don't actually want you in our house. What, so what is, what is probably, when you're thinking about it, the oldest spirit that you've contacted? I don't mean age-wide, but uh, living-wise, uh, when they were alive, how far back have you connected? What, in terms, you mean the age of the spirit, Ron? Not the age of the spirit, but the, 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 the age separation. They lived, the age they lived in. What, uh, what era, I think, is the question. I suppose, yeah. Translating I, it yeah. to English for, for Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. Uh, um, but, but yeah, I mean, again, a, a good one, but it depends what you're doing. If I'm doing a mediumship reading, you know, for somebody, if I'm doing a private sitting, mm -hmm. I would never normally go back beyond, like, a grandparent, because then people would just go, Don't know you, but don't you on about? You know, I've got no idea. But if I was doing some sort of paranormal investigation, you're probably going back two, three hundred years in cases. You know, it depends where you're going back to and what the building is for a start. You know, I mean, it, it always... So I look at the UK because, obviously, the UK, we've got a vast amount of old properties. Yeah. Some of them that, you know, look at Woodchester Mansion that was technically never lived in as, as a finished home. However, the property that was there before was actually lived in. You know, and, and it always fascinates me when I go round with groups or they'll say, oh, come along to our event. And I go and I think, you know, they're talking about, you know, Woodchester Mansion or whatever. And I think, well, you know, I know you're absolutely wrong there because it was never it was never a home as such. You know, people's imaginations run riot. And, and I think that's the difficulty on some of the paranormal investigations nowadays is people's imaginations run riot with the building, not necessarily with the spirit. But... I think certainly for me, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the venues I've done over the years, but, um, you know, um, I don't know, places like the Galleries of Justice at Nottingham, which is my, on my doorstep, you know, I remember That's going cool. in there and we were going back to like the 1600s, 1700s, but the thing, the age of the building helps you in a way because it takes you back through the generations, you know, it takes you back through the centuries, so you get a feeling for where you are and you think, right, I know what I'm linking in with, I know what it feels like. But if you're somewhere like Woodchester, where the original house was probably, off the top of my head, 100 years before what you see now, but then even the house, what you see now, is probably the 1800s. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you, yeah. you've got that real sort of taxing side of picking something up. But also remembering, you know, as I say to people, a lot of spirit are just in visitation. You know, you, you I, Ron, one of us could have brought somebody with us to an event that suddenly wants to make a connection through, I don't know, doing table tapping or, you know, yeah, it, doing, it doing a they wouldn't, Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come with me. Uh, yeah, they don't travel well with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, do you blame them? 
you seriously blame him? Barry, I mean, you've, you've got to make this sound right, but you and I have both been around the houses in terms of um, paranormal events in the UK and, and yeah. investigating. Yeah, I, well, have you seen any changes in investigation in the last decade? I mean, oh, the way it's evolved. Well, and, what, you know, and what's your impression of the changes that you have seen? I, I have to be, you know what, again, it, it, it's something that, same as you, I hold it close to my heart. And, and I get so frustrated nowadays with people because people won't do a proper investigation. You know, a lot of the paranormal companies that we've got nowadays either, either just want to get people through the door and cram as many into a venue as possible and get it started and done and over with as fast as they can. And, you know, people don't get a proper experience nowadays. And I say this time and time again because it's like, you know, if you and I were doing an investigation, Steve, me and you would go and sit in a room for three, four hours, and you would just sit there and you'd wait for things to happen or you'd think, right, okay, yeah, something's happening. But let's be honest, on, on a, an, a, an organised ghost hunt, whatever you wish to call it, you're in a room for 45 minutes, you walk in, somebody starts rattling a, a sweet wrapper or jingling change in the pocket or then the cold or then it's boring and and you think oh for god's sake you know give it time get the ghost box out (laughs) yeah and i just think it's lost to me personally to me paranormal investigations lost the heart of what it should be about you know it's not about people walking around with with um pendulums and divining rods and you know all the tools anymore you know proper investigation is about going and sitting in a building and saying, right, we're going to sit here for two hours, then we're going to move to that location, we're going to set up some cameras, we're going to set up some EVP recorders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people won't do it nowadays, you know, and I think a lot of it, I was talking to a group the other night, and they were saying, do you find that there's a lot of trickery on events nowadays? Ooh. And I said, do you know, I said, it's a really good question, but I said, it wouldn't surprise me. And I said, you've got to think in terms of televised programmes, for instance, if, if me and you were sat watching a programme for an hour and nothing happened, next week we'd say, oh, we're not going to watch it because last week nothing happened in that, so we're not going to bother watching it on Monday. We'll watch something else. Um, but people don't realise that these shows aren't just filmed over 45 minutes an hour. Some of these shows are filmed over two and three days to get you literally, yeah, right. you know, a 45-minute slot of a show. And... and People really get it into the mind that that's what a paranormal investigation is, and it isn't. You know, you won't get it by going on a normal public paranormal investigation. And one of the things I do a lot now is I just hire buildings, and basically I just go to a select group and say, right, I've hired a building, do you want to come? As long as we cover the costs, I'm not bothered. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there you go. And, uh, <laughs> huh? There you go. Anyways, I, I hate to interrupt you, but we do have to take a break right now, Barry. Wow, well, we're right. halfway through already. Yes, we are. Yeah. Well, yes, I almost got to talk like once or twice. So I'll, anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have more in the second half. <laughs> no, okay. God dear, <laughs> a host with I, an ego. I, I'm getting a feeling he's a, he's a fanboy of yours, Barry. I'm not sure, but it sounds like it. Sort of like when, I, when Derek. Hey, we've had some, nah, we've had some. Barry and I have had some adventures. Okay, anyway, and we're both survivors I, of that bloody show. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, didn't you hear the part about the break? So you're listening to the Ghost Chronicles <laughs> International with uh, Steve Parson and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet Parex Radio. And our very special guest has been and will be, uh, I wait till, yeah, we'll be back. Welcome to <laughs> Radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. the Van Helsing theme tune fades into the background, we return to Ghost Chronicles International. Um, the whole show named after... In fact, that theme tune was named after my co-host, Ron Kolek, uh, for his awesome ability, paranormal ability, to con- constantly forget the name of the guests each week. <laughs> and our guest tonight is uh, my good friend, our good friend, good friend of the show, um, Barry John. Respected... Oh, Respected medium and uh, paranormal investigator. That's a, that's the part that I think is often overlooked. Uh, you know, people automatically associate because because of your mediumship. I think yeah. people tend to overlook the fact that you are also um, a, a, a competent investigator. Oh, massively, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I still. You know, I, I don't just go into a building and say, oh, my gosh, this is all possessed and it's haunted and this is what we're getting. I always look at it and want to know why, you know, and I think that's the most important job, isn't it? You know, it's very easy for us to go in and pick things up. But why is it happening? You know, and is it happening due to normal circumstances, let's say? Um, and people don't realise that, you know. I, lo- I love it when people use K2s and somebody leaves a mobile phone on in the pocket. <laughs> and you can see, you know, you, you just know, because we know 
we know that sort of like the the strength of the signal and how it goes you know, yeah. the movement of the signal and they'll go oh look it's happening and you think no it's not it's not happening at all you know and the classic ones nowadays is the old sort of ovulus or the ghost box and things like that yeah. and i just I just sit there with my head in my hands and think, is this what we've come to after all these years of investigation? Well, you know, I mean, the orb, I mean, a decade, a decade ago, <laughs> I would have said that the orbs, you know, the orb met its demise. It was pretty well done for. Yeah. But I was, you know, recently on social media, especially, you see, it's, it's almost as if uh, the current generation uh, of investigators uh, seem to have missed everything that's gone before them. It's like they've re mm. discovered ghost hunting for the very first time. And now they're all squabbling and fighting over what, whether orbs are paranormal or not. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like, you know, try scrolling back a bit through history and you'll realise <laughs> that there's several hundred years of competent research for you to draw on. But, but uh, this is what people don't do, isn't it? And, I mean, you you and I have seen it over the years, and, and Ron as well, where, you know, somebody will go on, I don't know, they'll go to one event, and lo and behold, they're setting up a paranormal company. <laughs> you know, or, and I see it with mediums, you know, somebody will come on one course with me, and then the next minute they're advertising that they're doing all these readings, and you think, oh, my God, here we go, you know. And, I mean, I'm, I'm quite hard with people, because I say, no, you're not using my name. You know, you're not connected to me. You've done one course with me. You haven't trained with me. You know, training with somebody is spending a lifetime with them. And, and it's like you say, they miss out on all the investigative work that's been done over the years before me and you, yeah, where, you so. know, people were proving that, you know, phenomena did exist and phenomena didn't exist and why, you know. And I think that's, for me, why it's so significant when I go into a building that I want to be able to prove it to people, not just have them all stood there and me going, oh, yeah, well, there's a man in the doorway and he's six foot tall and he's wearing a RAF uniform, whatever, you know. And people are thinking, oh, well, I can't see anything. There's nothing there, you know. Um, and it's that mindset, isn't it, where, you know, we were saying before the break, weren't we, that where, where people won't sit anymore. They, they expect it to walk into a room. Everything suddenly happens and kicks off. And if it doesn't, oh, I'm bored in here. Can we go into another room? Mm. Um, I, I got invited to um, a ghost hunt a few weeks ago by a group, and they said, oh, just come along, you know, come and, come and just have a night with us. And I thought, oh, that'd be great. You know, I've not done a proper ghost hunt for years. And I have to say, it was the worst abortion of a night I've ever been <laughs> Because it was literally everybody running riots through a building. And I thought, mm. you know, you were sat there going, oh, is it, you know... Typical question, you know, is anybody there? The Toffee Chris moment. Um, and you're going, is anybody there? And next minute you get 20 people come running past you and you think, well, if there was, it wouldn't have made any difference, <laughs> would it, really? You know, and I just think, you know, what is wrong? Yeah. I've been on those herd of wildebeest them. investigations where you yeah. share, yeah. yeah where they're running know, from yeah. room to room with the... Yeah. I, I was on one quite recently and it was literally uh, after five minutes of standing around the table waiting for it to fly oh. across the room and they they got bored and somebody said, uh, let's try some EVP. Now, the organiser of the event then actually said, how do we do that? Oh, no. No. <laughs> For, you know. Fortunately, one of the participants had produced the ghost box out of their pocket, oh. which they'd bought off eBay a few weeks before. Oh, and no. I, in front of everybody, proceeded to read the instruction 
uh, the little type instruction sheet. They should have had a Ghost Meter Pro. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, it was mind boggling that you know these people are calling themselves investigators. I know, I know, I know, and that's and that's the fear factor, isn't it? Because for people like me and you, it, that isn't what we do as an investigation at all. And you know, I know a lot of groups nowadays. Oh, as I say, we don't use mediums anymore. And I think, well, how do you do run your events? You know, and I'm not saying just from a medium perspective, from a from a professional paranormal investigator perspective as well. In that, how are you doing it? What do you do to them? Do you just give them? Do you give them all a couple of dowsing rods and pendulums and say, "There you go, yes. guys, go and, go yes. and see what you can find." <laughs> yes, they do. I've seen it happen. You know, well, that's it shocking, all, isn't it? Okay. In all, in all fairness, and Steve will testify to this because. When you do an event, there's awful lot of pressure on the organizer to get results. So I myself get extremely nervous, and uh, and I have lots of patience, don't I, Steve? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I've caught. Is myself. that the right answer then? Yes, that was perfect. I yes. <laughs> so I. Uh, I have caught myself actually doing that same stuff. Okay, well, well, well nothing's happening, and you and you look like, uh, okay, I should. Uh, well, maybe we'll try something else, <laughs> you know, because uh, that's that's the bad thing about those public events, and they, and they really they really uh, uh, do not. You're right; they do not um, represent a proper investigation. Yeah, but you can still you can still do. Uh, uh, when, when people come along, yes, they want they want to be entertained and they want to have yeah. a good night out. They paid the money, and I I've always maintained that it's perfectly possible to entertain and inform at the same time. Yeah. That it's that, oh, yeah. that it's not you know it's not uh, contradictory mm-hmm. to do something. You know, what I would do, for example, is I would allow them to use some of this equipment, the K two, the ghost boxes, yeah. and yeah. and experiment with it, and then. Then we, we come together and we talk about the results, and yeah. we get that I get them exactly. to, right. to to be self critical. You know, are there any other things that could have caused that to happen? Yeah. You know, yeah. are are you you know did you really hear that or could you because somebody else over there heard they said that you know the same noise they heard it differently. Why yeah. do you think? Yeah. So you're getting you're challenging the you know, you're getting them to challenge themselves. Yeah. But, you know, there's also, but there's also something else here, isn't there, you know, that we have to remember, is that it's normal on an event for nothing to happen. Oh, yeah. You know, we've been... Me and well, it used to be normal. Wondering... It used to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, you've corrected me on that one. Yeah, yeah, but for me and you, we would think nothing of that, would we? We'd go to a place, all of us, me, you and Ron, would go to a place and think, mm-hmm. oh, we've had a good time, nothing's happened, nothing that we can report on. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, we'd like to come back again next time. Yeah. You know, but, for, but and I understand what you're saying. You know, for public, they want to go away from every event thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah, there's definitely yeah, something that's there. The problem you know. with yeah. Yeah. You know, and public, the, the public set their, their views or their thoughts or their, you know, preconceptions of an event so high that for us producing it or trying to make things happen, it's impossible. That's because, because of TV. It, Yes, because people want to see, you know, the white lady walk across the hallway every every night, you know, or whatever. It's well, demons now, been... isn't it? It's what? Yeah. Demon. Oh, white right, lady. Yeah. White ladies are so passe, you know. Oh. This... Yeah, I mean, if you're not doing battle with, you know, 
Beelzebub himself. Yeah, if it's not Beelzebub himself, you're you're not a good investigator. And the other thing that they're coming up with now, I don't know if you're... uh, This is a question for you, Barry. Are you encountering uh, this new generation of exorcists? Oh, God. Investigator exorcists. uh, Which are... You know who are f- actually doing battle with the the dark the sort Shooting. of dark. It's 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 become like Lord of the Bloody Rings. You know, uh, I'm sorry, Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, they do yeah. with Lord you Voldemort. Yeah, it, it, it totally has, and I think this is where it's lost it for me. You know, I don't enjoy it anymore because you know I remember many many years ago a medium who I worked with um, don't work with them anymore, as you can imagine why. Every <laughs> building we went in was a demonic monk. Yeah. Every building, every building, demonic monk. And I used to think this guy's travelled a lot. He's travelled hell of a lot because he's followed us around from every <laughs> venue. You know, and, he brings and us all up, that's all. Yeah, and not being funny, some of the places that we visited were actually homes. They were they were private, stately homes. Oh, no. You know, and people's imagination for me that isn't mediumship and it isn't paranormal investigation. And I can't say the word on air, but it's a load of rubbish. I think you, know, you actually, that, you can. I think on this show you are allowed to say it's bollocks. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, you said it for me there. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I mean, it spoils it. I mean, I, I remember, you know, I remember one event where a medium got on top of another lady and was reciprocating sex on the table, going, yeah. this is what they're yeah. telling me to do. And it's like, yeah. what, what are you on about? I've seen, you know, I've seen a, you know, a group, uh, an, an organiser who, who said that, I mean, they, they say they're psychic. I, I've got no way of, or desire to test them, but you go with yeah. what they say. Yeah. Actually grip um, a member of the public around the throat and throttle the lot, you know, throttle them until they have to be hauled off. This is the last week. Was it an ex partner, those two? Uh, <laughs> no, this was, this was actually, you know, uh, I mean, the, 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 the guy, uh, the medium, uh, was a big rugby player build, Welsh uh, rugby oh, player no. build. He got his both hands around this other fellow's neck, and the, the, the poor, you know, member of the public was purple in the face. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it, what's happening nowadays with it? And I think, you know, this, this again, I, I get reports all the time, you know, and people will say, oh, we've had, a, we've had a group into the house, you know, and I say, why did you call them in? Well, we've got things happening. Well, what did they tell you? They told us the house was haunted. All right, and what did they do? Well, then they left. <laughs> all right, so, so you've invited them into your home. They told you the house was haunted, and now they've just left you with it. <laughs> and I think what a great responsibility that is, isn't it? To dump on somebody, to go, yeah, we found something. Oh, God, you don't want to live here. We see you, we're off. <laughs> yeah, or you give know, us, I... or as I found it periodically, and, and uh, one, one last year, or give us £250 and we'll oh, clear it. Um, seriously? Yeah. Seriously, yeah. and that was cheap. And then when they fail, uh, this was an incident that took place last year that I'm aware of. They wow. they asked for two fifty. They got two fifty. There was a fail. It, nothing happened. That's they asked for demon. they asked for for more money because they had to do you know bigger Excellent. incantations. Yeah. That failed. When the homeowner asked for you know said look the whole thing's been a complete you've, you've achieved nothing. Yeah. The the paranormal investigator started to threaten um, the the homeowner and Are said and said that. They, Deadly serious, and I, I can show I could show you the documents to prove it. The, de- oh, the affidavit from the homeowner to prove it. The the paranormal investigator then came back and said, "If you don't, you know, if you don't lay off us, 
we will we will return all of the negative energy that we've already taken. Um, yeah, it was. It, that ended but, up in you there. know, and and you see, this is where for me, and I think for a lot of us, you know, a lot of the people that have done it truthfully over the years, where it just puts a lack of disrespect on it because. You know, you're playing with people's lives here, for goodness sakes. You know, you're leaving people with whatever it is. And, and let's be honest, you know, 90% of what's happening in somebody's home is actually in their own imagination. You know, I, and I openly admit that. You know, I go into people's homes and they'll go, oh, yeah, the TV turns on and off in the middle of the night. Well, what's causing it? You know, is it, is it paranormal? Is it actually a problem with your electrics? Or actually, is your TV screwed up? Has it had it? You know, and people don't think like that. You know, they automatically go down this route that, oh, my God, my house is possessed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it gets beyond the joke. And the trouble is, you know, we keep saying this time and time again over years, that there is no sort of governing body to anything that we do paranormally to a point. You know, you, you can't go and look on a website and there's a, you know, a government-registered site there, whatever you want to call it, that says all these companies are registered with us, which means they've all passed this test. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing, you know, and people are just causing havoc at the moment. That's what I see with it. And, and especially with paranormal investigations, you know, and letting people tell. I, do you know what? I heard of one the other day. Who was it? I can't remember who told me now. But somebody said they started doing children's paranormal events. And I said, what, what do you mean by children? Because obviously, you know, me, that's a big, big bracket. And they said they're under 12s. They do under 12s paranormal events now for children. And I said, what, ghost hunts? They said, yeah. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, I wouldn't even allow it. I've actually had requests from from institutions here to do those in the United really? States. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in fairness, Barry, I, it's something I, I don't share your... Uh, because I knew I, you were going to say that. Well... You know, down down the years, I mean, all three of my my little ones have been on ghost hunts, and I've I've taken uh, yeah. you know uh, organized. In fact, there's one coming up later this year for the local cub group, because what I found is when uh, it, it, it's if done you, proper, if you do it properly, it actually takes the fear away from the children. Yes, um, yes, and, because. And, and I- because they're, they're, they, you know, if you look at them, uh, kids' television, you've got horrible histories, you've got lots of ghost stuff, yeah. and children yeah. experience the paranormal. And I think, you know, it, it's very easy for the adult fear to be overlaid onto the child. And if you can get them involved in uh, looking for and understanding what's actually taking place, you can actually remove a huge chunk of that fear factor from the kid. But I think you said it earlier, Steve. Number one, with somebody that's reputable that knows what they're doing. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to to control the situation. Exactly. And also, it's being done properly, which is what, what... That doesn't scare me. What scares me is a paranormal events company setting up ghost hunts for for young children because there will be no control. No. No. You know, and that's what puts the fear factor up me. Not the fact that it's being done properly by by people like you. And even if I did it, you know, you would have faith in what you were doing. Yeah. It's the fact that actually what, what sort of effect are you having on those children if you're just letting them run riot in a building? Yeah, I mean, kids, you know, they, they are an integral part of society. And they are, you know, they if you go to a domestic uh, location... Uh, where the the child is usually actively involved in the phenomena, 
Mm. And then, mm. to, then as groups do to sit, turn around to arbitrarily say, oh, we can't have under-18s, it's too terrifying for them. Um, yeah, it's even worse. It, for me, it makes matters worse, whereas what I've found, uh, certainly with my yeah. own and working with, you know, uh, uh, other groups of kids, yeah. is that they, they have this, they pick up fears from the adults. You know, they don't come into this world, you know, afraid of spiders and afraid of heights. No, it's, it's, it's what we tell them, isn't it? It's what we tell them. So if we, if, yeah. if we start to get them to believe... Actually, the only, the, fear, the only fear that we come into the world is, is the fear of falling. Is it? Yeah, um, I didn't know that. No, but what I've noticed is if you if you take the kids and you you deal with it in a matter of fact and fun way, almost like they see on television with the yeah. sort of uh, and get them to do the exploring, get them to you know look at the fear's gone and they become yeah. so matter of fact about it. Yeah, and and you see, you, you, I, I I agree with you on that. I really do, and you know that's the different matter what I was talking about. But yeah. I think you're right. You know, I think what what people do. I mean, I remember, you know, um, people letting children watch things like The Exorcist and things like that. Oh, and you think, yeah. really? You yeah, know? no, no, and, no, and no. that and that for me spoils it. But I agree with what you're saying. You know, take the fear away. Actually, take them in and say, um, this is actually a proper investigation now. If something happens then we need to find a reason why it's happened. Yeah. Or if we can't, then that's the phenomena that we wanted. Um, you know, and I think certainly that's what should have happened. And I think, you know, again, you're absolutely right. I think doing proper ghost hunts makes a difference for people, yeah. not these public ones that are happening nowadays. So I actually have a question uh, in regard to ghost hunting. First of all, a quick anecdote is that when David Wells came over, when I had David Wells over here a few years back, and uh, the press, we had the press there to do a thing on it, and I was with him, and just because I was a paranormal investigator, I had to have something in my hands. I just couldn't be standing there. So they gave me a K2 meter to put in my... Yeah. So they got all these photographs of me with the K2 meter, which even back then, even when I first started doing it, I never, ever, ever had any faith in the K2 meter. But anyways. Why do you have so many of them then? Oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have everything. You know that, Steve. Yeah, but you don't, you, need, you, don't need twi- you don't need 25 of the damn things. I, yeah, I gave you a Ghost Meter Pro, didn't I? You did. One of many that you have. So, Gary, uh, talking about... Uh, you know, investigations. Now, how does how does the spirit different between like when you're communicating with someone in a reading versus a spirit in a location? Is that a difference between like a ghost and a spirit, or is it are they same? How do, I'd say I'd say number one, you know, we have to separate the ghost and the spirit, don't we? View because I have very different views on that. Number one, a ghost is just a, an apparition; it's a, a recording, it's a video recording, whatever you wish to call it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll never get any sort of intelligence. Whereas, you know, with what I do in terms of spirit communication, we know there's an element of intelligence because they're able to answer you, they'll be able to pr- produce, they'll be able to knock, they'll be able to tap. And it's almost that on-demand sort of thing, isn't it? You know, and we're always thinking, right, come on, you know, do it now, do it now, um, because we want to get a constant reaction. But I think definitely in terms of private readings, obviously, if I'm working with somebody on a private reading like I've been doing today, the the spirit communication is a lot more in-depth. It's a lot more private. It's a lot more talking about what's happened in their life, what's happening around them, what's happened to family members. 
Whereas when you're on an investigation, you haven't got that time. You know, you're literally darting around the room and you're trying to pick things up and sense things while also trying to work with the public as well at the same time. You know, and let's be honest, in any group on an event, you could have anywhere from, what, probably 8 to 15 people, depending on the venue. Um, and you've got to constantly be keeping your mind on what are they picking up, what are they getting, and, you know, how many times have we seen it on an event where somebody will go into what I call fake trance? And they go, oh, yeah, it always happens. It happens on every event, you know, and they start, I don't know, coming out with a load of gobbledygook, and you think, yeah, no, you're not. You're not in trance at all. You're just making it up. <laughs> You it's know, when they burst. Um, it's when they blurt out. He's a bad and ivy that you start to. <laughs> oh yeah, and they do. They come out with some ridiculous stuff, don't they? You know, or they'll stand there swearing, and you think, yeah, no, that ain't that ain't washing with me. You know, yeah. and pe- but people think because that's what they've seen on TV, that's what should happen. And you know, I'll go back to what I said a few minutes ago about you know, in people's homes, probably ninety percent of what happens in people's homes can be explained. And I would probably say the same for a paranormal investigation. You know, there is always something where, I don't know, the heating pipe always clangs at a certain time or, I don't know, the floorboards up the staircase creak and crack because it's cooling down or warming up, whichever way it is. You know, there's certain windows that don't shut properly, so they rattle. And you think, you know, nobody... I've never known a company before an event walk around the building and go, Oh, yeah, that window there. We know there's always a problem with that. We'll make a record of that. Let's make a note of it. If anybody picks anything up, we know it's not paranormal. You know, we know that the boiler's going to turn on at 9 o'clock, so suddenly all the pipes are going to start banging about. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever does that anymore. You know, I remember we used to do that for years. You know, and you would almost do a, I don't know, what do you call it, a pre-inspection or a pre-investigation where you'd be walking around thinking, oh, yeah, you know, where you'd think, you know, the door, that door doesn't shut properly or, you know, the draft under the front door. You know, remember that if anybody's working in the hallway. Um, yeah, but I've, I've seen anymore. it. I've seen it where, where it is so obviously normal because it's you can actually see the light on the boiler come on. But yeah. they've still turned around and said, thank you, spirit. Now, can oh, you I do know. something else? That's nice. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, it's like what we said earlier, wasn't it, about the K2s. K2s are great for a visual effect. But, you know, somebody leaves a mobile phone in the pocket or, I don't know, they stood next to the fuse board, it's going to light up like a Christmas tree. Uh, or, you know, or, as as, yeah, or as I've seen them doing, manipulating the K2 with the portable walkie-talkies. No, well, yeah, no one would do yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, what a bet. I've got Wait, it on video. I've got anyways, it on video. We, we are running out of time. Oh, so, God. Uh, I know I, you guys have worked together before, right? We've never worked Have we worked together? Yeah, uh, oh. <laughs> wow! Wow! Ah, yeah, it, was, um, yes. it was that mem- memorable. I can't remember. <laughs> okay, I guess I was going to ask him for a memorable story, but if there ain't any, then. No, I, actually, we. No, we, I don't think we ever have. I don't think we have. No, I think we're like ships in the night. Ah, that was ships in the night. We've well, worked well, so well, many. We've worked a lot. Uh, we've worked so many uh, cases. Where yes. we've both been in and out of the same location, yes, that it, it yes. almost feels like we've worked together. But actually, and of course, we survived that show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, I guess we've sort of worked together, but never together. And, and you know, I mean, I, I would love to. You know, I really would because you know, I, I 
as much as I'm a medium, my heart will always lie also with being a paranormal investigator because I want to be able to prove it to people. That, you know, that would be a great idea. And, and uh, yeah, someone could document that too. That would be even better, like Dylan. Uh, just well, saying. the next time I'm down in Haverford West, we'll definitely catch up, Steve. Definitely. There you go. I might, I, might, I might even find a haunted castle for us. Well, why don't we sort that out? Yeah, we should do, definitely. Anyways, that was the uh, do a go. It means pizza from the dead is here, so we've got to go. Uh, I mean, first of all, before before we go, how can how can people find you, Barry, if they do want to reading off you or to invite yeah. you to their ghost investigation? Yeah, they can jump on the website, which is www.barryjohn.com, or they can jump on find me on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you know, you can get hold of me all over the place, but just type Barry John in the internet and, and you'll find all sorts coming up for me. You know, I write for Chat It's Fate still. I've been writing for them for probably 10, 12 years now as a regular columnist. Um, you know, and... Oh, what stuff do you write about? Oh, all sorts. Absolutely all sorts. I, 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 had a, um, I had a house whisperer column with them at one point, which was basically making your house over in a spiritual way, and then suddenly we've changed that now, gone into more mediumistic again. Oh, wow. Huh. So we try and do different things, really, because people want different things. You know, we do a lot of photos, photo interpretation and readings from photos, etc. Really? People as well. Yeah, yeah. Chat, chat yeah. isn't that the one with the, with the, um, the psychic horse? Psychic horse, probably, yeah, probably. They yeah, have a lot you've of... Got a, uh, you've got they an agony ant, they've got, like, an agony ant column, but it's a psychic horse. Well, it's a psychic horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, horses are supposed to be the most mediumistic animal. Yeah, <laughs> this one could talk as well, apparently. Is it Mr. Ed? <laughs> Read emails and, and reply. It's <laughs> better than Mr. Ed. Anyways, we got to go. So. <laughs> Brilliant. You want... Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, we want to thank Barry. you so much for joining us show. And uh, uh, we've got your link on our website. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. What's that? It was a very quick hour. Yeah, well. Yeah. Well, till next time, you know, peace and light. Yeah. Thanks, Barry. Good night. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.